This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Pete's got a chance and he scores! Jack Pete scores! Heffernan's in there! Smith scores for Field Town! 3-2 Town! For a sherry, Danny Ward saves! Danny Ward saves! The Quattro's in, round to Heia! 2-0 Huddersfield Town! Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Welcome to episode 40 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. For the last 12 months, like Carrion nibbling on the tender carcass of failure, or Eric Derm gnawing on some hovis, I'm Matt, and with me I have three town fans who've certainly had a beakful of the taste of defeat. Watching like Hawks, we have Cozzy, Simon and Neil, who are all back in the studio slash my utility room. Hi, guys. But alas, there are no songbirds today as AKLD have unsponsored Cozzy Ryoki using the Save Our Ears hashtag, so I'm afraid that there's no spontaneous singing allowed, even if you're delighted at receiving an invitation back onto the podcast, Simon. AKLD stands for Andy K Learning and Development. Andy is a qualified life and business coach, a leadership development facilitator, coach and trainer, who has been working with companies to improve their leadership skills over the last 15 years. Andy's roots are based in emotional intelligence and sports psychology so if you're interested in anything Andy has to offer we'll post a link to Andy's LinkedIn page uh, with this podcast and if you're watching on YouTube the details are in the the bottom left hand corner already. So welcome to the three of you Neil, Simon and Cozzy. Uh, Both all three of you looking rather cheery and happy (laughs) with uh, the weekend just gone. So we'll roll back to last week slightly me and Neil did a, a podcast with the chairman um, you guys have you guys obviously weren't here, so have you guys got any reflections maybe on what uh, on what came up during that podcast? Anything you'd like to discuss or talk about or bring up? 
I think what really resonated with me was how open and honest he was. Um, didn't expect anything else, to be honest. But I think the fact he put himself forward to do it, um, openly and approached yourselves um, to come on the podcast and, and was quite keen to speak about a number of things and a wide range of topics was, was really refreshing, actually. And I think kind of, um, yeah, something I certainly personally hope he'll continue to do going forward. Yeah, really good. And it came out with both barrels, really. I didn't expect anything else. Very bullish because it sounded like he's been hurt. And I know who wouldn't be with some of the uh, the comments, some of the libelous comments, I would say, flying around on uh, social media, really. I think what was interesting as well is the reaction from our kind of listeners and the, and the Twitter family. A uh, lot of people, you know, liking what he's got here and, uh, you know, kind of willing to some way wiping the slate clean whether that you know I don't surprise that it should be wiped at all really so pleased obviously they had a my thing made uh, big news and I think it went national as well uh, I heard somebody not giving any credit to this pod by the way mentioning why you know we didn't replace him as well and obviously quoting what was done last week but yeah no really good uh, just obviously we're going to come out of the game from Sunday, but all I thought was just one lesson that is to come on. It wouldn't be beautiful, you know, to start with a, a win and the team looking something like, and uh, it all went wrong. But no, credit to Phil. How many other football club chairman would come to Pod Towers and uh, apart from Dean Hall? But yeah, obviously, yeah, we're lucky to have someone like that. I think the one thing that just worried me a little bit was he said that he would maybe not be as open if this kind of you know, kind of vitriol came thing, which I just thinking that would be disastrous, really. I think when we've been brought up on an era of denial, open and honest, we don't want it to go, you know, that way, where we get, you know, big silences and, and things like that as well. So just hoping that people cut me a bit of slack now and we can we can kind of move forward as a as a club. And, uh, yeah. I think on the back of the podcast and the appointment of the Cowley Brothers, I felt a lot of optimism and enthusiasm going back into last Sunday's game. Um, it's just a shame that obviously it ended the way it did and, and kind of what arguably would have been a really almost fairy tale story or kind of a, a successful week at least kind of really had a sour ending. Worthington, still Worthington, still trying to turn up for Makaliski, back at a Rob Edwards! Right, so Huddersfield nil, Sheffield Wednesday two. Firstly, before we get into some some little stats here that I've I've brought through, let's hear your thoughts on it. So, any surprise in the starting lineup for you, uh, Neil? Probably not. No, to be honest, um, I half expected after going at press conference Friday that Elfie could be starting, so that didn't come as a great surprise. I think the only the only thing that I would say is that our right hand side looked. <laughs> flimsy, shall we say? Let's keep it. Let's keep it nice. Flimsy. Elphick were not very good. He gets dragged across, though, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Floor. Well, we're better off with Ant Flo out of bod for all you've been. Oh no, eighties cartoons. I was surprised to see Flo start actually, just given that he'd been on international duty all week. I thought the Cali brothers would perhaps pick the players who'd been around the training ground, perhaps those guys who they've been able to kind of influence and share their ideas with and Flo obviously came back from playing against England ironically 
Um, so presumably kind of heard them ideas and what <coughs> a little bit late. So I, I kind of thought and maybe actually hoped he would be left out, as it turned out, sadly not. I, I think it screamed out they've been here five days. That team that they picked, I think they went for a lot of experience. Obviously, Campbell got a start, Elphick got a start, Ogwell left in. But um, we mentioned it here, it can't be last week, week before. Um, Schindler and Og are probably our two most influential players who are still around from when we were good, <laughs> which seems like <laughs> a long time ago. Um, and I, I just think there's a real a real shout at minute for neither of them to be starting. And it opens up a whole host of who do you start instead? And if neither of those two start, where does captaincy go? Well, we'll pull on to that shortly. So, so Congolo at left back for me was a bit of a disappointment. I see him more of a centre back, but it, it, I can see what he wanted to do. One of the experience of Elphick. Apart there, from having our only two yeah, shots on goal, he were, he were yeah. poor defending as well. Yeah. Very poor. Um, he didn't like seventeen and a half million pound footballer. No, I didn't. No, and back to a bit of a Jan four three three. But you know, it's the first game they've got, so you know they said they learnt a lot from the game, which is which is great. So we'll talk about the game itself. How did you feel the game went, Simon? From uh, from the town perspective? I thought we needed to start well. Um, Sheffield Wednesday scoring inside, I think it was 10 minutes, kind of essentially, rightly or not, kind of killed the game from my perspective. You kind of felt quite quickly after the goal that I kind of um, frailties of before and, and not being able to come back into a game once we've gone behind were, were there in abundance. And um, it felt like we needed a much kind of uh, longer period to, to stay in the game to start with. And, and then you kind of hoped we'd grow with the crowd but, but that wasn't to be and we showed kind of glimpses of, of some good stuff but but ultimately not enough and, and, and kind of from my point of view it was um, two really good balls into the box um, something that we've been kind of lacking for, for a long long time now that ultimately um, won Sheffield Wednesday the game To me it was, the, it was the style of the goal if Adam Reach had smashed a 30 yard running off the bar okay but it was just how it happened you know unbelievable wasn't it how, too how easy. Too it was easy. incredible though. When if anyone's watched it back, I mean we we were in the box and we had the what was it, sort of pleasure or displeasure seeing the replay straight away. We were incredible. They had lifted a knee, hardly put foul in. It really made me mad. We'll probably come up floor later on, but the fact when he wiped that guy out, when is that everything that we needed in that move, I'd rather have him wipe the wing out, it didn't. But the worst thing is Stephen Fletcher. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's one of the better strikers in the air in the division. We know that from our cost before, but the way he just like Bullied uh, Schindler and bullied. I don't Elphick. even think it okay, so bullying them. They just they, they weren't aware. He wanted it, it more. And than then, then he wanted it more than them. Second half, or the, the second goal, were even worse. I'd go with you, Neil, because if you watch the replays, which you guys have the credit for, and I've, I've watched it on the Sky Sports app, you can see what Fletcher and Winall do is they start on Schindler or start on one and peel off, peel off curve run other, and peel yeah. off onto the other, and there's no communication between the no. two centre backs. No passing no. the man on. And for two experienced footballers at this level. Trite. You know, yeah, we're, we're not talking, you know, novices. Those two are as experienced as it comes and they were dreadful. But the, the old back four, there's a case for leaving all four of them out at weekend, I'll be honest with you. I think that first, it was just the style of the goal that, that did it for me. Like I said, it, it wasn't, you know, brilliant. I mean, I think that second one wanted a 16-pass move or something. Someone was saying it was something ridiculous I was hearing, but it was just it was just still different. Sorry, and we had a great view of the it. Fi- the finish was just so simple, though. It just, like Matt said, just, it just moved ever so slightly and literally lost both of them with one step. 
and then just nodded it in. I think keep on a prayer. I think the one thing that stood out for us, Neil, was right behind the goal, so cable losing. So have we got anyone getting that ball out the back of there? Anyone? Come on, guys, come on. There were nothing. No. Ed's shoulders slumped. We just trudged back to the centre circle. We we're almost like, as we all knew, we'd, that's it. We're done. Deja we're a goal behind. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that's the. It's it was like reliving all last season's yeah. defeats. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And you knew they'd sit back and they did. Simon said just before we started that it just felt like we went 1-0 down and it was game done. And you're nine minutes in. And we all thought coming down this season that we all said it a million times, it'd be great to get down and compete. And I've seen people say this week on Twitter that maybe we have to go down to league one to start again. But it's not, no. No. We shouldn't do it with that squad. You look at that squad on paper. That that squad, the, the team that finished that game and this isn't including the value that Liverpool and Chelsea have on Grabara and Chalabar. That team that finished that game cost us 50 million quid. And I'm sorry, but if that's a 50 million pound team, there's big issues, bigger than bigger than we think. I know what you guys are saying that, yeah, it should be better, but I'm sure if you listen to the Wolves and Sunderland podcast back in two, three years ago when they went straight down, they would maybe say exactly the same. It's hugely worrying because there's no signs of some of these guys coming out of the slumber and the only hope that we've got, obviously the Cowley brothers are in and it's early days and, and things, but to me, these guys still doing the same things and it's just not, you're not even getting guys giving... There's guys there that are not giving their all, Neil, isn't there? I don't it's want to clear. call them out. It's, not it's, it's, it's clear. It's, it's blatant in front of you. And we don't have to name people no, to work no. it out. If people are there and watching it, you can see it. You can see it. I mean, examiner do um, a rate the players thing, and I'm not the one for filling them in. Mm. And I, I look down it on Sunday, and I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to fill this. I didn't send it in, but I thought I'm going to fill it in. And I think I gave five players zero and a couple of them won. <laughs> and they were only, for me, that game, they were only Lewis O'Brien, Chalabar, Campbell, and a push, Grant, who came out with any credit whatsoever. I thought Grant was but dreadful. Every, every, dreadful. everybody else was awful. With no service, absolutely no service. He, he but, played wide, he was supposed to be but part, of, part, of, part, of, yeah, part of the goals. He was a shambles. Grabber, I couldn't talk about the goals, could he? No. I mean, you didn't give him a knot, did you? No. Good. I, I think I gave him about five or six. <laughs> So, you yeah. <laughs> talk you talk about the money we've spent though and, and I completely agree with you. Two of the players, two of the better players in my opinion, Lewis O'Brien come through the Academy, obviously a good but difficult season on loan for him at Bradford last year. And Fraser Campbell we've brought in on a kind of uh, a free transfer essentially, yeah. who actually showed a bit of passion, a bit of desire, um, kind of really kind of almost led by example. And that, that shouldn't be someone from the academy doing that. That should, He no. should be kind of been shown the way around the park. And I actually thought Lewis O'Brien was a bit unlucky to be taken off. I appreciate he wanted to change the game and um, kind of we were 1-0 down at that point and wanted to try and find an equaliser. But I thought he'd been good up until that point. I think he had. I think the only reason he probably got subbed is probably tiring a little bit because he played... Played on Friday. Didn't yeah, he? He, played, he played two 90-minute games uh, close back-to-back that was sort of picked up on within the, the mic'd-up training sessions that Cowley's did. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the only reason that he, he tied there. Otherwise, it's, it's clear that they rate him because he's not played a few games, he's straight back in. But I think playing Congo at left-back was a mistake. I, I know why they've done it. They've gone for an experienced back four against an experienced side. But for me, Jaden Brown's had a couple of decent performances. Leave Lad in there. Just give him give him shirt. He just went for the experience, Neil. I, wasn't I think he did. We, we, we also we need to now see... We need to see Reese Brown. We need to see... Karoma, because oh, we'll, we'll these lads are tarnished with. Yeah, we'll come to that shortly in the 
I mean, the Grant, imagine. he gave a good explanation, didn't he, why he played Callum Grant wide on the left as well, obviously. You know, he's done that before in his career and it didn't didn't kind of work out on the day, but it's just... It did for Campbell, out. though, didn't it? Yeah. Cam- you could see why he'd done it, because Campbell brought into the game and brought others in quite well. I thought Campbell did, did Campbell reasonably well. Yeah, I thought he did reasonably well. I think the problem was Grant never really got close enough in. I think that's part of the issue. I think you need an overlapping up-and-down fullback really, to, I, to get I, the best I persevere with Grant, actually, in that position. The reason why I say that is... I think we've tried all of our options and he's arguably the best of a bad bunch in that position at the moment. I'd, I'd say that part of our problems, a massive part of our problems, especially in the last half an hour games, is because we can't hold the ball in the final third and Carlin Grant has been systematic of that because it's not his game. So you move him slightly out and you bring someone like Campbell or Mooney in who takes the pressure then off the, 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 the other two you thirds. You say it takes pressure off, but Mooney came on and it was like bringing a traffic corner. He's always like that when what? he comes off the bench. Oh, isn't he? come on. He's always he, he, like that. He was absolutely horrendous. He was, Neil. And, and the one thing I noticed in the warm down after, he just clearly doesn't give a toss. No. He wasn't even putting it in, in like the kind of the warm down. He, he don't want to be here. It's, it's blatant. It's absolutely yeah. blatant. He don't, he don't want to be here. It's clear, it looks like to me, Neil, a move were there or lined up or what have you, and he hadn't got it. And he's just. Sulking. Expected. I mean, we yeah. saw it at Luton when he like kind of barely got off the bench. He had to be dragged up off it. Really, really poor. I'd rather see Reese Brown wide, and uh, I don't think Callum Grant will enjoy playing left. I know he'll probably say he'll do it, but a striker, he's, isn't he? he's a striker, and, and, and yeah, but that's uh, and up to press, he says he's only chance of a goal. I know, yeah, absolutely, but yeah, another grim day, obviously. And, and that, that's almost a nail on the head, really. Is kind of where where are the goals going to come from? We think we've spoke about it before, but Callum Grant aside, maybe Fraser Campbell will get five, but. She can't see kind of that midfield contributing any goals. Leon will come on to his comments later on, but that our midfield's horrible. It's absolutely awful. Obviously, we heard Phil's reasoning for you know no replacement in for Adam Moy, but I mean Shalabar, he's okay, Neil, but I don't think he's going to hurt you. Do you? He's, he's nice. I'll be honest. I, I I think there's a case at minute for us to be playing three at back, and that's where Shalabar plays for England under twenty ones. And I, I certainly won't have an issue with him playing as a centre of three centre backs. Who's his creative midfield? And I think I've, I've, I think Stankovic is worth a shirt again because Schindler's Schindler shot. Schindler looks a broken man. He needs a bit of time sat on the bench watching. Science stands watching a month because he's a broken man. He's not. He doesn't resemble the Christopher Schindler that we all know. I'd leave him out. I'd leave Elphick out because he's, he's clearly just not up to it. Stankovic. Not play much football, he's fit, he's ready. Get him in there. Stankovic, Congolo then and uh Right, we'll come we'll come to that again. Just throw one name at you. Sorry. Just throw one name at you. Um I would quite like to see a bit more Kachunga, actually. I think Kachunga started one game this season, which was obviously the defeat in against Lincoln in the cup. Um came on against Derby, obviously missed that kind of glaring chance towards the end of the game, but QPR got that penalty. Got that penalty. And he was only seemed to drive forward a little bit and kind of show a bit of intent. And um yes, I think kind of you can you can throw him under the same umbrella as Schindler, who doesn't look the same player he was when we got promoted to the championship. But I also don't think he's had an opportunity really to, to kind of um influence a game. Ten minutes here, ten minutes there is is, is really quite difficult I, for I think some the, of that position. The, the, the sad thing is, and this is sort of the legacy from the Premier League of where we are as a squad, is that we're even contemplating thinking that Kachunga and Kwan are at best options on wing. When we've, got, Brown, when we've got Brown. 20 million quids worth of wingers in Kwan and, in, um, and Benzer and Diakabi, I mean, wow. So let's let's just move on a little bit. So some of the stats-wise, which had a look at some of the stats to try and break down little bits. And the only interesting thing that I could find really, and you could tell where Sheffield Wednesday have hurt us during that game. And 
Fletcher's won all seven of his aerial duels. Nobody's beaten him in the air all day, which is sad. Tommy Elphick's lost most of his and he's won three. Um, Town didn't win an aerial duel in the first 20 minutes of the entire game, which tells you a, a big story about where we've gone wrong. And again, balls into the box, Town 19 crosses, only one have found a man. Is that the one that found Haddish and I? Haddish and I actually found one, yeah. Uh, Cal and Grant, six crosses, didn't find anyone. Sheffield Wednesday, seven crosses all game, two found a man, two goals. And it's the quality into the box. And we, we just sadly don't have that. And we'll, we'll go on to... Yeah, but Matt, they've got Stephen Fletcher as a giant. Who have we got? Fraser Campbell, like five foot eight. There's no point. Movement will be. We need to find another way, to, another way to score goals, but it feels like we're kind of forever getting Flo the ball away. We need to find, <laughs> find any way to score a goal. That's what Flo doing when he were heading it back to. What, what were he doing there? Yeah. What were he doing there? Incredible. It's embarrassing. I think Stephen Flo, Chicken Flo, Flo, gave Flo, him benefit of the doubt. back to Campbell, but I don't know which Campbell that one, but yeah. It, it was unbelievable. That, the trouble is that I, if I were playing, that kind of stuff would sap the morale out of me on the team. That's that's done nothing. The way we conceded that first goal, little things like that. You know that little shot, was it Was it Shalabar? There was someone like that. It was almost like a pass back. So we'll go to Danny Cowley's post-match comments. I thought one of them was, was quite good. And the main, the main thing we picked up on was he said, I think we saw a football club that's hurting, a team that's hurting. I think they need my help, not my criticism at this point. And it sounds to me, Neil, like he's learnt maybe from Jan Zivert's mistakes there and and, and there sounds like more of a, a process which is now going to come in where he's going to try and build them back up in terms of confidence rather than just cracking the whip and uh, criticising. There's no point going in and screaming and shouting at people who are already on the floor. It gains nothing in, in any form of business. Um, I've managed large teams of people and... If they're underperforming, screaming and shouting in the way. If people are already sort of downtrodden, you've got to find ways to build them up. And that, that's why I say about Schindler not playing and possibly Johnny Ogg not playing because the, these are two you consider the, the sort of the stalwarts of the side, the leaders, and they're not, they're not leading and they look downtrodden and I think they need taking out of the firing line as much for, the, for themselves as for the team. And I think you've got people like Reese Brown Reese Brown isn't a kid. Reese Brown's 23, 24 year old. Best, I know it's only Doncaster and a friendly. The best player on pitch over at Doncaster that friendly. Play him. Karoma, young kid, but play him. These lads have had good seasons last year. They're not tarnished with all the miserableness that has been swamping Huddersfield Town as a football club for 18 months. And I think there's a time where they just need to get some of these in and about the team, in amongst and a bit of freshness. Jaden Brown had him straight back in on sat on Sunday. Um, Stankovic would get a shirt for me. There's just a few that you just don't want to see again. But Schindler and Og, they just need a break from it because they are breaking. I was bored by Carly's comments after. I said to you, Neil, I said, I wonder which way he's going to go. Is he going to play the old, you know, we give it a good shot in the second half, you know, we were unlucky, etc. But he wouldn't, there were none of that. Was I liked real, his, um, real, I think real, one of the, it was Sky correspondence asking me a question do you take heart from having more possession and more passes in Sheffield Wednesday no. it was really um, kind of to the point he's answered no I'm not no not that to win football games yeah. and, I, and I liked that it was quite refreshing actually it won't because I didn't expect that I really thought he'd try to get one on side by saying yeah you know the, we were unlucky because we were better second half no matter what you know, kind the of second ended. goal killed us. We were kind of almost grown into the game, yeah. and then the second goal. I didn't goal see us scoring like every other game, to be honest. But I, I had a feeling they'd get another one. Great, 
you know, Winnell's a bit of a poacher, but we, I feel sorry for the guy. He really does, as he narrated, he's, where would you say that this kind of, this mess compared to like a lot of the other messes in town supporting years, it's, it's a totally different one, I think, to any other one we've had. And we've had some bad years, bad times, because you've got a lot of million pounds worth of footballers there. It's not like, you know, that. What we've, got the, what we've got at the minute is an expensive mess. And we've never had an expensive mess before. We just oh, yeah. had messes. But when you, when you consider, like I said earlier, there's, there's 50 million quid on that pitch at end of the game. It's the speed don't, of the decline. It's yeah, the it's speed rapid. of the decline. I think it's the problem is it's a plummet. There's too many people. I, I think there's people in there who think they should be playing. Probably like someone like Amunier who comes, drives into Canal Side on a daily basis thinking I should be in the team. I played international football. I think there's a, quite a few of them at... I don't think that that's kind of it feels like helping the situation. It is there's people who think that they're better than they are in there, really. And I mean, how many games do we give it to? We say because people are, you know, there's got to be a better. You think? I mean, there's better footballers than what we're seeing. But how long? How many managers? How many games that we've lost out to? We see it because there's not much really that stood out. You know, can, when can you ever say, "Oh, dear Cab, do you remember that game when he did when he played well in this game, or and Benza when he played well in that game, or when Flo did this, or?" I, you can hardly say it so out it, like it's Neil's real off a lot of them young lads who've not tarnished with that you know the, the, the agony of the you know the defeat after defeat get them in Hi I'm Phil Hodgkinson and my favourite Huddersfield town goal is Chris Schindler's penalty at Wembley. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield town legend Why don't you read out Danny Cowley's programme notes from what he said? Because we're, we're going to link this now on to identifying areas of weakness within within the side. So Neil's done some groundwork by mentioning Rhys Brown and other, other players that we could potentially bring in, and we'll, we'll go over that in a bit more detail. But I think we find the they were really Cowley programme notes interesting. I mean, Stephen, uh, Stephen Chicken did a great job because it would have really striking headline on the pull-out and the exam. I don't know if anyone else saw it and that as well, but... There was a picture of Danny Cowley and the, the headlines were in massive kind of bold letters. It says, just said the biggest challenge of our lives. And I looked at it, I thought, wow, what, you know, is that Stephen's opinion? Is that, you know, come from, but obviously that that's what they said. It's, it was, his programme notes, it says, we've been overwhelmed by the support that we've received since joining the club. Uh, the men feel very welcome. We can't express how much this means to us, f- for us to achieve the success that we all desire. We need a togetherness where everybody contributes. The football world witnessed the way you support the team in the Premier League. Your support wasn't simply unconditional. Please don't underestimate your role within the journey. So obviously, trying to get everyone on side. The positivity can provide us with energy, momentum, confidence, and this can be the difference between winning and losing. As a group, we would love to be able to produce sustainable winning football and put the smiles back on all your faces. This is the next bit, really, the most interesting. I think there is no doubt we have some talented footballers at the club. It's also fair to say that many have been negatively affected by what has happened to the club in recent times. It's imperative that we instill in com- some confidence and much needed belief back in the group. We can do this by driving the process, instilling the value and creating clear boundaries from which to work. We will also do this by giving the players a clear game plan that sets them up for success and providing them with clarity over their role in the team. For me, it's about working relentlessly to improve our team organisation both in and out of position 
and also from restarts. This is not going to be easy. We see this is the biggest challenge of our lives. We're going to need your help. Together, I know we can turn the fortunes of this club around. Nikki and I look forward to continuing to get to know you all and working with you and creating something really special that can be proud of. It's quite interesting, really, there, because it's obviously working with you. He's talking to kind of other supporters and that as well. He really wants it, obviously, to be a, a massive team effort. A lot of the interviews I had over the weekend, it was all about, you know, processes. He was mentioning about processes all the time and that as well. We have to get the process. The one thing that I noticed, Neil, when we played against Lincoln in that debacle of a game, from our point of view, they were very direct. Well, not say they're very direct, Lincoln, but they had, they kind of went direct to, and then, I can't forget what that striker guy is. Akinde. Yeah, he held it up. And then obviously everyone comes involved and that as well. Obviously, we went a different way on Sunday. I just wonder whether... I mean, have we got that striker to maybe do that? Do we need to go a bit more direct than what we're seeing now? Because he called it like I saw it on Sunday. We've not, you know, pretty, pretty patterns. Pras- <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll interrupt you, know. I'll interrupt you. So before we get into that, um, I, I there's a opt to tweet out every so often some interesting stats and bits and bats. And, and one that I, I've i seen, and I think quite a lot of Huddersfield fans have seen, is one that says 30. Huddersfield have failed to score more than once in each of their last 30 home games in all competitions. A record number of consecutive games by a football league club in all competitions. So that's a dreadful record to have. So we're looking at where Huddersfield Town have have these problems. Um, Lee Hendry, Cosy as well, came up with some stuff that you were quite... You, you were more sort of... I'm, I'm not overly on board with some of the stuff he said, but you quite enjoyed what Lee Hendry did, didn't you? I think what you've got to remember is that Lee Hendry's giving it giving his opinion 20 minutes after the game you listen to some of our like kind of post-match positive it's different a skill when you isn't get it two yeah. days and that as well and obviously he doesn't see us every week but I couldn't agree more when he said we had a lot of possession obviously that one to be argued with but I just don't see where that attacking threat is, threat is coming from the likes of Grant Campbell very like for like the same sort of players like the mid, I like a look at the midfield Shalabar maybe made one or two runs in behind the back four that maybe caused a little bit of injustice at the back for Sheffield Wednesday I just think, where are the goals coming from? You can see why they're not scoring goals. Westwood had not a thing to do. This is the home side. They need to be ugly. It's great having that ball and being useful with it, but you've got to be effective when you're going forward. This one, I totally agree with this. It has got to be ugly in the forward areas, and I don't feel they're all, I don't feel they're almost looking for that FIFA goal. I, I think that all the time with us. Don't no, you I think? Don't, no, no. I, I just see no. us at the edge of the box and we're trying to pass it in. Shoot, how many shots do we ever have? I just think we're, I, I just think we're not brave enough in possession with the ball, so we just end up funneling it out wide and trying to put crosses into the box because I think a lot of it comes from the Premier League where we put too many men forward and got caught on the counter, and I still think we're terrified at commit over committing because of the memories of getting done on the break by pretty much everybody in the Premier League. No, I, I, I disagree, Matt. I, I think we, it is the kind of fifth ball. It's like you get to your box and it's almost like if you've got your like. You'd, you call it a joystick come on you modern guys what do you call it now pad pad it's like you press you know press left and then press right and it's don't like the just shoot and, and stuff it's just like yeah I've thought that for us for so long we don't we don't have enough shots and stuff and you look at our midfield now it's Jonathan oh he ain't gonna shoot he can't shoot Shalabai likes a nice pass I've yet to he's got a goal at Cardiff didn't he which was quite decent yeah but, but <clears throat> I think one thing I want to pick up there is that Kieran Westwood made six saves during the game a lot more than Obviously, he said six, and that surprised me. But he was quite busy in t- compared to Grabara. Regulation um, saves, so I would say six. But, but, one of them was good, I thought. Um, six saves. Yeah, that one might pause. Yeah, that was a decent, decent stopper. But 
I, I do know what you mean, but I just think we're we're just not brave enough. I don't think we're looking for a FIFA goal. I think there's just not many people not willing. Like him, Matt, but it, I think there's just people not, not wanting it, to take responsibility. Like yeah. I think this is the problem that they're just they get into key areas and they take the safe option. I just don't think enough of them have got. It's it's mental fatigue, isn't it? A lot of them are just absolutely mentally flat, and I don't think any of them. And this is why it's good to see Lewis O'Brien, and why it would be good to see Reese Brown, etc. Because they're not tainted by last season. They're a little bit more brave. That's what I said earlier. Play them all. I get Karoma in as well. They've all had good seasons previously last season, so get them in. They're not they're not tarnished with the the current malaise that's spread throughout so we've everybody seen, else. Yeah. So we've seen where 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 the problem is. Okay, so obviously scoring goals is, is is the big problem that we you know, don't take a genius to work that one out. For me, I think our squad lacks balance completely throughout, especially in the wide areas. There's absolutely no balance. There's nobody that can deliver a ball, a decent ball from a wide area. And uh, I think that one thing that really grated on me actually on, on Sunday was saw in the first half Carl and Grant run over to the left hand side, take the corners. And that kind of screamed for me of kind of Harry Kane for England kind of uh, <laughs> kind of was it a couple of years ago now. Um Surely must be five someone who can put a good a good cross into the box who, who kind of so Grant can be in there. He's your goal scorer for kind of spent thirty sick. million pound on wingers, not one of them can cross the ball. No, you know about balance. <laughs> Dear Carby like, took one and <laughs> I think we had like Smith and Lever as his full backs at points last that season. That was good balance, yeah. Look, I remember, remember Dear Carby taking a corner yeah. last season from from <laughs> corner where away fans are it went to kill my back. <laughs> <laughs> we used to get mad at Moist corners to be fair, they were much better, were they? We just like used to chip them up and you know, waste the time. So, my point anyways, I don't think we've got enough thinking footballers in the team, whereas Sheffield Wednesday, I thought I didn't think Sheffield Wednesday were that good, but they had Barry Bannon in midfield making things tick at certain points. Adam and Barry Bannon were miles better than I, 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 I still don't think we've seen a good difference. side this season. No, I don't. I, I, haven't one, I haven't seen one who I've thought. I thought both Red and Sheffield Wednesday were just like, meh. Yeah. You know, honestly, I, th- I, just, I think less of us. But they just decided they wanted to win. That's that's all it was. It's like they decided we'll win this. Simon, this is so a big call. Job, you mentioned this is a big call, and God, we've had so many debates over this guy over the last eighteen months. In my opinion, before January, until we can get anyone in, obviously, you know, get non-contract players in, he has to find a way of getting the best. That that guy can get us maybe two, three, four wins before. January. Otherwise, I I, don't th- I think if he can't get the best out of Pritchard before January, I, I think we're going to really struggle to stop up. Eater me is the only man who can do something different, proven quality. Not Bakuna, not Hogg, not Shalabar. Especially at this yeah. level. This, he has got to find a way, surely. We've seen well, nothing from him for 18 months, so that's the worry with Pritchard. No, not a fan, Matt, we know that. But well, it's I, like, I think he's a technically good footballer, know, but, but the, he's just the, done The difference nothing. is, the previous 18 months were all in the division that he wasn't good enough for. And we all know that he's got a, a decent track record in championship. What but I thought was quite interesting was that um, I read somewhere Cowley said he would rather have played four two three one formation, but with Pritchard being out injured, that's why he reverted to a four three three, which suggests to me that Pritchard will have a role to play kind of in, in the games coming. But to your point just then, Cosy, about kind of um, a relegation battle, a stat that kind of really struck with me this week: um, no team has stayed up with one point from seven games, which is where we are at this moment in time. <laughs> And, and records are there to be broken, admittedly. And I'd probably argue that no team has gone down and said as strong a squad as what we've got. But kind of from my point of view, under no illusions, we are very much in a relegation battle now. Is it? We've we've mentioned Reese Brown. Let's let's get the cross section. Neil, you'd have him in. Cosy, would you have Reese Brown in? I'd take a look at him definitely. Yeah, at least be on the bench. So eleven goals and fifteen assists last season. That's my, my way of looking at it is. As you said earlier on, this is episode 40. 
and out of those 40 episodes, we've commented on three wins. What have we got to lose by chucking all these lads in? Because we're getting beat every week anyway, so the one th- play them. And what you said, Neil, is, is right. You know, maybe not as Reese Brown's, I don't think Forest Green, they had a good season though, didn't they? But yeah. there's a Coroma, you know, had a great season. Grand, good season. There's, there's guys who've come in with a lot of comments, but not playing them. It's almost like, you know, stop, stopping that kind of coming into this yeah. season. It's oh, The thing that really surprised me is that there was um, an EDT game um, on the day the Cowleys joined, actually, and, and that's where they got a good look at likes of Lewis O'Brien, Stankovic, etc., but Reese Brown wasn't part of that squad. They didn't figure in that game. And that really surprised me, actually, for a man who's not had any minutes this year and, as far as I'm aware, not injured. Um, I thought that would have been an ideal opportunity for him to get some some game time. But um, I'm, I'm with you guys on this one. I, I'd kind of like to see him there, at least on the bench, as a bit of a different option. We've kind of got um, three or four players on the bench each week who are all playing that kind of wide right or wide left position. Chuck someone who can play a bit more central on there and give them a chance. It's like I say, we, we don't have enough thinking footballers. And if Reese Brown is a thinking footballer who can make things happen, throw him in. So Absolutely, what, throw him in. What a stat that is, you know. And, and Neil, you've said, I know what you're saying because people are saying maybe. I, I put a tweet out the other day thinking, I don't, I don't want to go down. Oh, I don't want to go to Fleetwood and in another grounds like that. But I just, we said last year, don't we, to go back to go forward? And I, I just, know, but you just got to be careful what you wish for because we said this know, last I, year and it's and it's got worse. Last time I went down, it took 11 years to get back. I don't want to go through that again. No. <laughs> Where do you... Paul, he had a ripping your agenda. Well, relegation or not at this moment in time? 50-50, 60-40 against what? what it's a distinct possibility. I'd, I'd say it's 50-50 right? Ask me that question again after the next four games. So we've got... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I bottled that one. Get him on. <laughs> <laughs> to be West, fair, Brom, you, West Brom away. You've just given the Then stat we've out. got... Um, That's scary, isn't it? Millwall at home, Stoke away, and then I think it's Hull. If we haven't picked up for me, kind of five six points at the end of those four games, then I think we're kind of in trouble. Christ, I don't want another season like that where we're just coming in here at Christmas and no. I'll take my first dive into social media, so we'll go into uh, Twitter and there's quite a few people are digging out Hadajani. Uh, so Hadajani is coming in for a, quite a bit of stick. It's easy to see why Freddie Cocker says if he could dig out a tackle on a cross, it wouldn't be as bad. Freddie Cocker says he can see him ignoring managers' instructions as well and, and vacating too much space going forward. Uh, Dan Peckett says, does Hadajanai need dropping from the team? I think Bokhorn deserves a chance as it's not fair to judge him just on the Lincoln game. And Michael Foster as well thinks Hadajanai was the worst player on the pitch. Elphick's not quick enough or good enough to bail him out. Uh, and then when he goes walkies and he thinks to start Dehaney at right back and uh, Congolo back at centre-half. Uh, Ian Matthewman also says, give Dehaney a chance at right back. And the USA Terrier is saying that. Um, do you feel that Flo and Diacabi are the main targets for criticism when Hogg and Schindler have been just as bad? So we'll finish off with what John Smith says. He's saying, what changes would you all make to the back four or five in, in your in your opinions? So we'll start with you, Simon. I can see you jump it, trying to jump in there. So what would you do with the back four? I know it's a bit of a mess and midfield's also another bag of snakes as well. But what would you do with the... What would you do with the defence? Where to start, really? Um, I think there's some really good comments there and kind of take on board the points around Bocon and Dehaney. Um, what I would say is it feels like Dehaney's a little bit out of the picture at the moment in time. He's gone away and played against Aberdeen today for the under-19s and you'd imagine if Cowley wanted to have a look at him and was seriously considering him, he'd be around the first-team squad in training, that sort of thing. So, uh, like it or not, I don't think he's a, uh, we're going to see him necessarily in the next game or next couple of games. Um 
I watched Bocon against um, Montpellier actually in kind of the preseason friendly. Played on the left hand side that day, um, and naturally kind of cut inside onto his right hand uh, right hand side. Um, and I probably didn't see enough of him to kind of um, cast an opinion really. But I think it's good to remember this is someone who played I think kind of fourth division German football last year. Um, so it's a big step up for him. Uh, he's not a particularly young footballer. He's twenty four, so he's come in kind of uh, wanted to influence the first team, but. Um, yeah, give it, give him a shot. Give him a shot. The one thing that's, that's not mentioned now actually is that Bakuna had a couple of games at right back last season, and again, I don't think he's the answer. But is that something else we should consider? I'm no. not sure. He's just. I don't know what's going on in Bakuna's head at the minute, but he just seems to be a kid in a playground. I would put Bakuna in the EDT team at the minute, and I would make him play ninety minutes or ask him to play ninety minutes, and I would get let him get back to winning games in the EDT and commanding, and just to try and build him back up. His head. I, his I would be all surprised over. if you you mentioned Dehaney. I think he's probably gone with that squad with a view of getting a competitive game. To be honest, I, I I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him involved sooner rather than later. And I think he did actually play in our last win. Did Wolves. He? Wolves. Yeah, he got he got run ragged for forty minutes. Taken <laughs> but, off. But, 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 yeah. <laughs> but he did play. Fast, he did play. If he wants to come get run ragged again on Sunday and we win, happy days. That'll do. Yeah, come on, the town. He did block across. So minute, just down the road, didn't it? The the, black the, country, yeah, come on. They're not, they're, they're not going to do out drastic with first 11. They're just not. What would you do with it, Neil? What would you do with the back four? You, well, you mentioned like you. I'd, 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 I'd start Dehaney for the start, I would. Okay. Um, because, well, anybody but Flo. I'm sorry, but he's absolutely abysmal. Sounds, sounds like a campaign. The, the, well, it could <laughs> well be. But he's. That inverted commas performance that he put in clearly rates himself from everything that he's come out of previously mm-hmm. um, and I don't know where he gets this sense of importance and you said he was too good to from. play in the championship yeah, didn't he? yeah. yeah. He, he's not he's nowhere near good enough he's he can't cross a ball the defending for that first goal that's as bad as you're going to say all season that was horrific I've said this for 18 months he's not a fullback you have He's not a fullback. He's a, he's a defensive midfielder and not not a particularly great. But one, I'd but have him nowhere. It'd be nowhere near eleven for me. Nowhere near. Do you, it. Do you think if if Elphick were paired up with someone other than Schindler, we might see he might be better than he looks? Or do you well, Congolo's got the speed to bail him out for that. Doesn't I, he? I'd start Stankovic and Congolo at centre back and put Jaden Brown back in at left back. I'd put Jaden Brown back in. I thought. Yeah, I think he deserves to keep his place. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, just on, just on Haddish and I, I kind of completely agree and echo kind of all your comments there but one thing that kind of I thought was a little bit unsavoury on, on Sunday was there was a few kind of instances in the stand where I sit in the cow shed um, of kind of people booing Haddish and I kind of towards the end of the second half and from my point of view yes he had a poor game a terrible terrible game but, doesn't make sense, but that so. doesn't kind of do anyone any favours and I think that was just a little bit kind of unnecessary to be honest Somebody actually mentioned this on Twitter defending it and I, I'm not one of those for booing players and, and, and what have you because I think it's I've always said and I still think it's counterproductive not during the game especially no but how, how this lad put it across is and it's hard to argue with this to be fair this lad put it across that with what we've been served up for the best part of 18 months and won three games in 40 or whatever three games in what is it about 60 isn't it near enough now 10 years so, <laughs> it feels like yeah three, three games in about 60 People are frustrated. The, the, the level of patience that this crowd has shown, mm. frank, are, frankly, is is bloody superb. They have been great up to this point. Yeah. yeah, and I think they can be allowed to. 
it's not for me. I won't do it. But I haven't got an issue with anybody else doing it because people are paying their hard-earned money. They're throwing it out there. They're travelling up and down country and seen three wins in 60 games, pretty much. People support and get behind and react to things in different ways. Some people, like me, I just moan and grumble in my seat and walk away quiet and like probably you three do as well. Yeah. Some people boo. And do I agree with it? Probably not. Have I got an issue with it? Normally I'd say yeah, but three wins in nearly sixty games. I'm you sorry, kind of almost make an allowance, Catty. But yeah, I think that, I think and, it's and the I think level. That's what it is. It's that's the level. It I, at the end of the game, if we if we play like that, at the end of the game, people boo. I've got no issue with that. It's kind of during the game, you just yeah. kind of think. Mm. But at the end of the game, but no it, it's issue. pure frustration. And of course, it is. L- yeah. let, let's be fair. It's. <laughs> I'd say it again. Three wins in. I don't even know what number it is now. It's about sixty it's games. Fifty-nine, sixty. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere so, like that. Fifty-nine. 60. If, if you're winning one game every twenty, or is it four? I don't know. It's not many. But if, if you're winning one game every twenty, and you've scored the stat you gave out earlier on, we've scored what 30, in thirty home games. We've never scored more than one goal. It lost thirty home games. Nope. And we've had a lot of nils in that. I know probably half of them. So, for me, you've got to give fans the allowance. For showing anger and frustration because for the previous few years the fans have been nothing short nothing short of first class and tempers etc are going to get frayed it's just how it is do you agree with that Cosy? no but I can see <laughs> Neil's point I've never been a fan of booing but I don't think I'm not, I've just said I'm, I, 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 it's not for me but I can see why people do it yeah you can see why people do it but it's hard I mean I've stuck up fans for so long and it's you know what can you do it's just we're just looking for something different and that as well and I, I I put a tweet out on Saturday on Sunday night just like you don't you don't hurt anymore these defeats it's almost like I'm no. it's almost like I've been numbed up or I'm in an operation or something it just it just it makes me feel sad that though because it should do you, you should be sad but when we went one down you knew that we'd lose you knew they'd get another one. You knew people floored play as bad as they did. You knew you just just do something different and surprise us. It don't. It's almost like becoming. I know some people gone the other way, kind of you know, laughing at laughing at us and laughing at ourselves. This is our own fans, but it's really shame. I just cannot. I said it on the pod on, on the mini pod on Sunday. I just I don't feel any. I don't feel any connection with this group of guys at all. You know, I don't. I don't. They don't seem to. They don't represent what I stand for. No, I do, I do with the Cowleys. They've come in. I feel I can feel that. Oh, yeah, I can. Absolutely, not, not with the players. Well, not with no. players. Uh, there's no. one or two maybe that I've still got a little bit, like Schindler and Hogg, because they went through 16-17 that season. You still have a bit of a yeah, but the, a, that's a, that, but I think that's why they're fading a little bit. As much as they are, I think they need leaving yeah. out because it's they, look, they look broken. It's an interesting one. Cause, sorry, just to finish on that, but someone said <clears> to me because I was saying the Cowleys, obviously they've had a great you know record and what have you at the lower level, but. So how are your guys going to react to kind of being told what to do by people who's never managed to zy up as, as they have? And part of me just wants to think, well, you know, it shouldn't, you know, they should shut shut up. They obviously need someone's help. But you know how football works. You, it wouldn't surprise you, would you, if someone is looking down like down the nose, thinking, "I'm going to have mate. You've, you've ship them out. Ship them out. If they do there'll, that, there'll ship be them a few out. gone in January. I don't think mm, there's any out. doubt whatsoever that four or five, including those that started on Saturday, will be gone in January. Only, only if you can bring players in, though. They will. 
there's absolutely no doubt about it because January is a difficult market. It is. Well, let's move on to the next bit because I've, I've highlighted some players that are free agents at the minute who could potentially fit into what we're looking for. A couple of them, they're a bit overly ambitious because they're the only ones there on the list, to be honest. Um, right backs, we, we, we've got three. So I can see why the club would say we've got three, we can't afford another one, I understand. But if we were desperate Those for right three. back... Uh, Dane Flolo. Bocon. Uh, Bocon. Oh, Bocon, yeah. I forgot about yeah, him. I forgot, I forgot about him already. <laughs> the Boxster. Um, yeah, Porsche Bocon. He, he looked dreadful against Lincoln. He didn't even look that good, Neil. So, <laughs> would you take a plunge on either of these two? So, Danny Simpson. 100%, yeah. Is only six appearances last season. There's rumours of it. He's 32, but there's rumours of him wanting £30,000 a week to play he's, in France. He's, he's, he's currently earning nothing. Which is above... So would it would, would it be a gamble? Because obviously he'd want to come on two years. He, he's someone I'd look at if he could fit into the budget. I think he'd be brilliant. And anybody else, anybody else, fuck every signing you make is a gamble. But I, I I I'd I'd be I'd put a fair bet on that whoever we're getting to be an improvement on floor. And the other one was uh, playing for Aston Villa last season. Alan Hutton, who's thirty four, a little bit on, but he played thirty four games last season for Aston Villa. He did. He did quite well as well. He's had a bit of a wilderness spell as Alan Hutton, where he was quite. Were we linked to him a while back. Not a few sure. Years ago, maybe. Well. Maybe, but he's thirty-four years old. Could could you could you maybe see him till the end of the season? Possibly. A- ABF. Anyone but floor. All right. So left backs as well. So we've only got Jaden Brown really. So left backs. Martin Olson. Phil was on the podcast last week, and he said there's there's some Too concerns injury about injuries issues, around yeah. him. There are two. Extremely ambitious left backs on the free transfer list. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. ...who are not playing for anyone who are Ivan Strinic, who's played for Croatia recently. That's probably way beyond what we'd be able to do. And Fabio Contrao, who was at Man United quite a while ago, who seems to have gone downhill. I'm old, he's about 18. He's, 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 he's only about 31. He's about 31. But the, the one on there was, Jembere, player for Man United, who didn't do great at Man United, called Alexander Butner. He came in quite a few years ago and he played last year for Vitesse Arnhem and he played all season for Vitesse Arnhem and he's 30 and he's available whether he's whether he's a good option or not. But there are players there and you just think, is it worth taking that plunge on them? For, for me it is because I, I think the Cowleys need a bit of assistance. There's only so much they can do with this current shower as they stand. The problem is... And they need a bit of assistance. They're, they're gonna, it's going to mix and match and find... That could be another three or four games gone, and then it's like, like Simon was saying there, you know, it's it's getting into must win territory, even at this. this yeah, well, these stage. are free agents that can come in now. We're yeah, not on about till January. They're not going to be fit really now, seen, are they? That's the yeah, part of the not problem. fit. You've not seen really players play everywhere that, that could play at that, them positions. And there are three centre mids that I've picked out as well that you could potentially look at. 
Joe Ledley. He's only played one game in 12 months, so for, for me, that's a red flag. Uh, he was at Derby. Joe Ledley's very similar to what we've already got. I feel mm. like we need someone who's going to have some creativity. Well, I've got two more. Sure Fresh faces, it. though. Just oh, new oh, eyes. Got? I've got two more. I've got James Morrison, not the uh, guitarist and singer before you start, Cosy. He's 33, <laughs> played 21 games last season, including the playoffs for West Brom, which I think is quite a, a good shout. Leader, international footballer. 33 is not over the overlived too bad. His injuries don't look too bad. And the other one, Blackburn are very interested in at the minute, is Lewis Holtby, oh, um, ex-Tottenham yeah. midfielder. He was only 28, seems to have gone downhill a little bit in his career, but he, he did quite well last year in uh, for Hamburg in uh, Bundesliga 2. I think so. regarding the age, if you got turning the clock back even... I mean, he were a bit more dire then, probably, but Jacko's great escape. Remember, we got David Phillips and he yeah. were there. Barry Horn. Barry yeah, Horn. Barry Horn, obviously, and Wayne Allison. And to be honest, it's just like, it's horses for courses. And it's, it's how, how long do you well, leave well, 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 whether, the, whether they're similar to what we've got or not, I don't think Morrison doesn't matter is. to me. I don't think Morrison I think, is. I think it's more about fresh eyes, people that are linked to the current... Well, Lewis Holtby as well is a set piece taker as well, yeah. so he'd be an interesting one for me. But I, I'd 100% be looking at your likes of Danny Simpson and James Morrison. I think they'd be belting yeah, signs. Yeah, it got like this. It's embarrassing, it, isn't it? It is, it is, but unfortunately, this is where we are, and we, we, we need... Scraping the, the, the cowleys need as much help as they can get. They're not medical workers. And if I we want don't to, add in um, these couple of players, we're, we're going to be knackered, to be honest. Fair. And I, uh, I take your point about the wages of, of Danny Simpson, but from listening to last week, it sounded like we were kind of quite keen to bring Dowell in to replace Moy. Um, in my head, that says there is some... And obviously Moy left, but and, and that money then was never spent. So in my head, that suggests there's some wage budget available. Van La Parra's obviously left as well. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's kind of probably... Quite, uh, quite high amount compared to what some people are playing, but Just ultimately, a, yeah. kind of, it's it's, it's the domino these, effect. These isn't it? now. One player I'd love to see us make a play for in January, and I, I, will, I was hoping we would make a play for him in in the summer as well. Is somebody with a two point five million release clause? So Phil was on the podcast last week, and he said he would ha- be quite happy to take punts on players worth around two million. This guy, I think, is well worth a punt. Uh, I'm going to read some stats out. There's there's another club, his boyhood club, are sniffing after him for the summer. So they, they, that's a big spanner in the works. But since the start of 2016-17, he's got 70 assists and 36 goals. That's a direct hand in 106 goals since our promotion season kicked off. And do you know who else has got 106 goals or contributed to 106 goals in that time? Huddersfield Town. So he's directly contributed to 106 goals, which is the same as our output in terms oh, of squad. Who is it? Don't tease us anymore. Lionel Messi. Suspense. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's playing at a lower level, but that man is Marcus Madison from Peterborough, oh, Peterborough yeah. who is he's put his contract talks back in January. And I well, think we, he's got five goals, seven assists. We were, yeah. yeah. Five goals, seven assists this season. I think he's 25. Perfect time for him to step up. If we Sunderland are sniffing around him, apparently he's a Sunderland fan as a kid. They can't afford the release clause. They're looking to get him on a free at the end of the season. I think we should get in there in January and get it done. I think this is a, a quality player, and I think he'll make that step up easily. Problem is, Matt, it's like it really depends where we are in the league. Matt, because Matt's England sign for us. Are they going to want to come? That, that, yeah. That's the other obstacle yeah. now. Is are they going to want to come? Depends where we are in the league, mate. For me, he didn't want to want to play League One football again, would he? No, it could be, it could be the case, but you know, money talks, doesn't it? I think at the end of the day, big spending, big spending of the field. Yeah, yeah. there, there's my yeah. sense of entitlement going. We're going to outspend Sunderland, yeah. but you know, we might do for the next year or two. But after that, it'll probably be back to. Uh, Picture that, doesn't it? it talking like this? What is? Where has it got to? I can't believe it's just it. Everywhere you kidding? A couple of dangers, which leads us on to the next section. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Stephen Chicken, and you're entering the Danger Zone. have a danger zone last week Danny Murphy would have been on my shortlist but he's probably right at the end of the day but he's, he's permanently on my shortlist he's Danny Murphy this week's danger zone we've got quotes about golden parachute cash <laughs> this week a man who has been on here for a couple of he was, he's had it before this guy he was here two he weeks ago he's, he's, he's going to get permanently zoned at the minute <laughs> so we've had a um, bit of a discussion but there's, there's a, he's a clear winner again. He's our local MP who lives in Cambridge. Oh, spends sorry, sorry, zero time in Huddersfield. We had a lady murdered in the town centre, stabbed to death last week. No mention from Baza. And today he has tweeted at 5.20 this morning while we're having his Weetabix, Suspension of Parliament will not prevent me from today again talking to the Sports Minister and the Football League regarding the sale of Huddersfield Town and the use of golden parachute cash. Do you think he was eating golden grams at the time? That's what. <laughs> golden Shearmans. Absolute danger, this fella. He is. He keeps. I, I think he listens to this. I think he quite. In, I think he knows. I think he's, he's trolling us. Yeah. Do you think I'll, he wants I'll, hashtag Barry Shearmans? I'll give, give something to talk about, I mean. <laughs> it's a joke. There's important things happening in Huddersfield. Massively important things and sad things. And he's one of the saddest. He's an absolute weapon. And for him to start spouting, he's, he's, he's gone down this trap before. There's, all of a sudden, he's brought it back up again. Just listen to podcast, Barry. Listen to Phil from last week. Get the full story. Ring him. Speak yeah, to him. Yeah, ring him and have a chat. Do that. You know, use your... The, the, it's all one four eight four called Fruddersfield. <laughs> just, just to give you a bit of an insight. So if, if you, I'll let you have that one for free. But probably it. writing that down as I speak. Yeah. one four eight four. Or if you're in direct inquiries, that's Fruddersfield Town Football Club. I'm sure the way to get you through, having your standing and community that you've got. But yeah, leave it alone, Barry. Stick to Cambridge. Retire. Just end it all. Don't mention us feel ever again. Disappear. Absolute were, danger. I thought it was an old tweet. I had to check the date. I thought it was an old tweet. Right? I had just like been retweeted. It's actually typed that in. Man's a joke. Man's an absolute shambles. I mean, getting in contact with EFL. Christ. Only thing that would be less surprising is find out he was actually on board at EFL because they're as shambolic as he is. So, have that. <laughs> okay, Cosy. We're going to go to those were the days. So let's uh, let's those were the days when we won a game. Let's go, let's go back to when when things Wolves were happy. No, oh sorry, sorry mate, go on. Now Darren Bullock. It's the last penalty, and if he scores from this, they are through to the final. And Huddersfield are there. 
Robbins. Coming from the free kick, taken short to Brown. And Robbins making a dart across the face of the defenders. A perfect header. Brown gets a flick, Fletcher! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Those were the days. So uh, we're looking back a little bit, Mike, in the mechanics there. So we're looking back at 1979-1980 season when Huddersfield were promoted. So 40 seasons, is it 40 seasons ago? Huddersfield were promoted with 100 goals and uh, not quite 100 points, was it, in the end? But 100 goals from Division 4 under Mick Buxton. And we're looking back at that season and the 94-95 season, which I'm sure we all remember very fondly, which was the time Neil Warnock took us up via uh, Wembley. So going back to 19th of September 1979, this this specific league game, Huddersfield went away to Gresty Road, Crew Alexandra, a 3-1 victory in front of 2,104, which kept Huddersfield in fourth place. Goals from Robbins, Brown and Fletcher. One player will pick out from those from those were the days. I'm gonna cause me cause me and Simon are here. We're gonna go goalkeepers this week. So why don't you tell us about Andy Rankin, Cosy? I will do. Rankin, Anzu Andy. He was born in Bootle in Lancashire. He played for Everton, Watford, and Huddersfield Town for 19 years. He signed from Watford as a 36-year-old as cover for the injured Alan Starling and ended up playing for the rest of the 1979-80 promotion season. He made the number one jersey zone and played two more years before retiring from the game in 1982 and later found work. Tarmac in roads. If you're still there, Andy, and come up to ours. It's never seen Tarmac. Driving a mobile clinic and then worked as a forklift truck driver at a printer's in Denby Dale for 18 years. It's amazing how they get all this facts, isn't it? I can't believe it. He's now retired, though, and he's living in Thongsbridge. His 1979-1980 medal has been an exhibition at Town's Training Ground Complex PPG Canal side. Good keeper, Neil. You'll have seen him. <laughs> I did see him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a steady keeper, Andy Rankin. Just one little fun fact. Um, he was... Town played Shrewsbury Town at home in FA Cup, be about around that time, 81-ish, 82 maybe. Um, lost 3-0. And the fun fact for that game was Andy Rankin let a goal in, went off injured. And then Steve Kinder and Mark Lillis both had spells in the goal that game and both let a goal in. So we lost three to let home and three different keepers let a goal in. Sounds wonderfully Sunday League, does that? Proper, proper football. <laughs> so we'll go to 94-95, one of my favourite, in fact, my second favourite season as a Huddersfield fan this after 2016-17. And 13th of September 1994, we went to a place where we tend not to do so well, which is Peterborough United. <laughs> after your four, four par last week. Uh, or the week before Peterborough so Peterborough we went away to Peterborough we got a 2 all draw a man with no hair but we didn't care scored twice Ian Dunn in front of 5,316 kept us in 4th place a man keeping goal that day and keeping Peterborough out apart from the 2 was Steve Francis Cosy. can you tell us where Steve Francis <laughs> no, is I was just looking up Ian Dunn there but yeah <laughs> no, for forgot he goals, but yeah super Stevie Francis always had that pulse uh, 
quality Wonder goalkeeper. Was, what were the colour purple shirt? Were horrendous there was a yellow one as well, and it had all the bits down, didn't it? It was proper 90s retro silly. He's 55 years old, is Stevie Boy now. Born in Billericay in Essex. Uh, played at Chelsea, Reading, Huddersfield Town. And then where did he go after he left us, Neil? Northampton. He did, yeah. He signed from Reading in 1993. He was immediately installed the first choice goalkeeper in Neil Warnock's side. He remained as the primary goalkeeper at town until the 1997-98 season and played in both Wembley finals, 94-95, and only missed a few games during that four-year stretch. Town had a disastrous start to the 97-98 season. Seems to be a theme, doesn't it? And uh, didn't win until the 15th game of the season. God. Hopefully this is going to be similar. Francis yeah. began the season as the first choice keeper, but was dropped for... Vince Bartram on loan. No, oh. was dropped for Irish guy. Oh, Derek O'Connor. That's right, yeah. Oko in what turned out to be Brian Orton's last game. So that was some good were done there. Former teammate Peter Jackson came in to manage and decided straight away that Francis was not good enough and dropped him for the rest of the season. He left for Northampton Town in 1999. He was last known to be working as a postman in Henley and Arden. And he's living in Solihull. Solihull. Where we're going before the game on Saturday for Ale. Can you remember? I've already named one, but can you remember the two goalkeepers who replaced him that season? That we had on loan? Uh, Vince Bartram was yeah, obviously Bartram one who was, was, who was dreadful. Steve Harper. Steve Harper was the one who came in at the end of the season. Steve Harper was quality. And he was he was excellent with Steve Harper. I think people still, oh, still think of him as one of the best. Gagged. I still yeah. think people think of Steve Harper as maybe one of the best that we've had at the club. So we had, we had a couple of good goalkeepers there, Steve Francis and Steve Harper. The one that we've got now is good, though. Yep, I like him. I like Grabara. He's talking goalkeepers, by the way. Has anyone noticed that Lossell's not even on the bench for uh, Everton? Third choice. Yeah. Third choice, yeah. yeah. So Pickford, Stecklenburg and then Lossell. It's obviously gone for the, uh, the cash. Yeah. So, Neil. Aaron Moy pounces. Moy is on the ball and in space now, on the counter-attack. Ince arrives on the overlap. Here's Tom Ince, he cuts in field, then outside. His shot's blocked. Aaron Moy! 1-0 Huddersfield Town! 1-0 Huddersfield Town against Manchester United! And whatever the outcome of this match, and of Huddersfield Town's season as a whole, frame the moment, Town fans! Let's throw this back to you again, so I'm going to pass the ball back to you. Let's have a an update with the HSK AMC. Well, at least this is interesting. It's better than talking about town, isn't it? Um, yeah, we didn't do one last week, so obviously we had filling. But um, Andy's Man Club went on tour weekend before last. Two-day tour. Both coaches out, one north, one south. Covered all 22 clubs. Who used the coach before? I think there's quite a good story, isn't it? Yeah, Jay-Z and Beyonce were on our coach before we had it. <laughs> Amazing, it up, Neil. Yeah. You can tell how nice these coaches the, the, this, that, though The coach was absolutely phenomenal. It's, it's the only way to describe it. It was absolute quality, luxury, proper luxury. So, yeah, we were spoiled on that. It wasn't one of these uncomfortable away day coaches when you crammed Like a megabus. In. No, we, 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 you know, I, I would link, link down a nice leather couch with a nice drink the old part of the tour was just to find that one man um, which is what Andy's Man Club's all about we're not aiming it for thousands and thousands just that one man and that one man adds up um, the following Monday we had 111 new guys walk through the door that's awesome and then last night just ridiculous we had 144 new members and a record breaking night we had 754 men through the door so we smashed the previous record by nearly a hundred, which is 
it's brilliant to be fair it's absolutely brilliant it's as a as a a charity it's just growing and growing and growing and it will only get bigger um i always say this it's sad that it's needed but it's brilliant that it's there um and more and more guys are using it it was uh, we had 60 at Huddersfield we had 64 there last week 60 this week and just to see these guys come in and open up so if there's anybody that was thinking about it so we we get listeners from Huddersfield from Dewsbury yeah. from Leeds from London Nottingham we've had loads yeah. from Nottingham where can these guys go if you look on andysmanclub.co.uk it'll give you the all 22 venues the ones local to us round here, obviously Huddersfield is at the fire station and Outcourt Bank. There's Halifax, Ebden Bridge, Leeds, Bradford, Wakefield, Sheffield, Oldham, Manchester, um, and then we're down as far as Devon, Cornwall, and up as far as Perth. So it's growing, it's growing fast, it's growing at a rapid rate. We're not far off, I think we'll hit a thousand on a night before the end of this year. It's just it's going that quick. Um but yeah, it works. It just works. So yeah, have, have a check out on that. We, we actually did an awareness day at Brighouse Town on Saturday, which was brilliant. Brighouse Town um, chairman called James Howard was really, really um, helpful, really welcoming. Did a collection for us as well, raised a few quid, went on the pitch, had a photo with all the team. So they've brought that all their social media. And then this weekend... Uh, well, we actually signed up with Junction FC, who are a Saturday team, but they're, they're putting all their charity stuff and sponsored stuff, everything that they make this year will go to Andy's Man Club, which is brilliant from them. So, Which Junction is it? Not pub, sure it's obviously it's, it's pub, near Mar- They play near Marsh. Okay. And the, the lad who got in touch is, is a town fan called Ben Elam. Um, been brilliant this week, pushing us on social media. And then this Saturday, we're going to Golke United. Okay. We're expecting good a team. crowd of upwards of 300. Yeah, it's good. They have good season team. ticket holders. Yeah, good team. Good How good is that? Yeah, really good. So, yeah, we're going there, spread a bit of awareness. I'm, I'm going early. I'm going to talk to the playing Darwin FC. Yeah. And I've been invited to go and talk to both teams before the game and just tell them a bit more about. I wonder if the Makalisk is still a goal Not sure, but yeah. It's, so, that, that'll be a really good one. Yeah, it's um, a lad called Shane <coughs> who's got us going up there. So, that's brilliant. Uh, Street Kitchen. Street Kitchen's ticking over. It's. Uh, we're still helping probably between 1,800 people every week. Um, and I've actually just been and picked up forms today, so I'll be getting the... Well, actually, we got donated £4,000 from Uddersfield Town Foundation. So we'll have that by the end of this week, and that's going to some really good use. Um, and also, we do... Yeah, they're, they're getting this £4,000 from Uddersfield Town Foundation, um, which is phenomenal. Uh, we've had their logo printed on all, all, all the volunteers now wear, which looks really good. And and one thing, I just feel obliged to do this, to be fair. They've helped us so well. Um, they're actually having a, a ball at Foundation. And this is, let's separate these two things. I know people get a bit uptight about, you know, we're concentrating on giving kids breakfast rather than worrying about what's happening on a Saturday. It's a completely different thing. It's two separate entities altogether. This is a charity that's run alongside the football club. Um, and they're doing some great work. And they're having a ball, which is at the Woodman Inn in Thunderbridge on the 27th of September. Um, everybody welcome. In, invites. Have a look on the Town Foundation website. It's not expensive. And you'll 
get to rub shoulders with. I think a few of the players are there. I know that Phil Hodgkinson and Dean Oyle will both be there. So it's a chance to go and have a natter with them as well. But the foundation do some really good stuff. And like I say, as much as, yeah, we all want to see three points on a Saturday, just treat treat this as a separate thing. It's not it's not linked to the, the club. It's, you know, they're, they're, what they're doing is for charity to help these help kids, help local, help disabled people. And what they do is phenomenal. So Neil, has Barry given any support to him? To absolutely not, no. It's absolutely disgusting. He's not, in, he's not interested in local area, mate. He's not interested. Man. You know, he, the, the things that he should be pushing, he should be spreading awareness of men's mental health. He should be spreading awareness of what's happening on the streets of his so-called hometown. But he's... Uh, He's not bothered. He's more interest, interested in uh, golden parachutes, which is God knows what that means. But so yeah, that's that's the update on all them. Fantastic. Yeah, and and just on the, the subject of the, the mental health thing, um, we've actually added a question in anonymously, um, or rather, this person would rather stay anonymous, which we've not got a problem with that at all. But football is. An emotional thing. It's a massively emotional thing. We've all lost a plot about it, got angry about it, probably cried about it with anger and happiness at different times, and it can really affect people. And you know, the, the question that I've, and I like some response on this from people on Twitter as well. When you listen to this, um, how does it affect you? I mean, we see that people it, say it spoils the weekend, it spoils the week, it ruins this, that, and other. And it makes them angry. They go home and kick cat and whatever else. How does it affect people directly? You know, is, men, is people's mental health affected by the football? Definitely. And, you know, especially as bad as it's been. I mean, we've had nigh on two seasons of absolutely woeful stuff to watch. So it's a, I think it's a pertinent question to ask and I think it needs answering. And, it's funny you, know, you should say that, Neil. I, I mentioned it in a GA meeting last year, back in the last year. I, I found it very difficult to handle because I'm all about trying to be positive now and, and trying to do you know good things and be a good person and and try and be above the line. Everything just just try and put some nice. I, I found it really difficult, especially doing a lot of these pods and and, and things. It, it's affected me because yeah. it's made me really sad. And that I know people say it's only a game and what have you, but it, but it sounds meant a lot to me. And when we went up, that them, them seasons were incredible. It gave me probably the best times of my I life. I'm not I've got no kids or married or anything. They were the best yeah. times of my life. So yeah. it's it's really hurting me just to I want to rise. I want to come in here and be really positive about it all on a Saturday, be feel happy. But that's what I was saying to you on Sunday. It was really sad for me. I just didn't feel anything, yeah. and that and that's bad when you. I see with, got with, no with football now. I used to get really uptight about it, angry, and have rants on Twitter and fall out with people and a bit of a pillock really. Um, but I think since I started with Andy's man club and involved with street kitchen and seeing how other half live and don't live and. And what have you? I think my perspective on it's changed a lot. So yeah, I'm still disappointed if we don't win, but it doesn't affect me anywhere near as much as it used to do because I've I've just got more things that's probably more important. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying football isn't important. I enjoy. I love doing this, and I love going to football. So it's time with my dad, time with friends, etc. But it really doesn't affect me anywhere near as much as what it used to do. I suppose it. God, this could be such a, a debate maybe for another time but we've mentioned the vitriol on Twitter now for a long time do you think Neil maybe that it has been do you think that's people's way of releasing that I don't agree with it but you know you see some of the stuff flying around after a match day and stuff do you think in a way that's good that people get out off the chest or 
it's how it's targeted, isn't it? It's how it's how you go about it. I mean, the the booing thing's probably linked to that, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. you know, people getting the anger out, but you so know, horses for courses. For me, if Huddersfield Town are rubbish, it ruins football across the board. For me, I, I if Huddersfield Town lose on say a Friday night, for example, and they're rubbish, I won't watch any football on on Saturday. I won't watch any on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I won't consume it hardly, apart from Huddersfield stuff on the internet. I just don't want anything to do with football because I'm that annoyed by my club. So for the last two years, I can't tell you who Man United who plays for Man United or Tottenham. Or whatever. I've got no idea. I haven't watched anything for two years. I'll be but, honest, I'm just too busy now for it. Mm. You know, I'm, I still enjoy going to town, go as many away games as, as we can. Or even can on in the background, in, though, do you know if you like doing stuff yeah, like with, with family and stuff? I'm, I'm I, not I, chasing out to put a, put a game no, on. And, just, th- there's other stuff. There's more important things to do. There's you know. But this like is like life's for living. It can't be consumed by football. If Huddersfield win, then I'll watch stuff upstairs. I'll put, I'll put, I'll put stuff on in the background. I don't, I, I can't sit there and watch other teams anymore. I just don't care enough about them. So I'll put it on in the background just to just have a nosy in and out of what's going on a lot of the time. Unless it's a, a really big. A I had a mention on radio earlier on today about a game that were on last night. It, Villa West Ham. I even know they were playing. Mm. That's diabolical. But, you, you didn't you know, watch. Didn't we? Yeah. But, but going back, I, I'll watch it. Going back, I'd have watched it. <laughs> You know, I made a point of watching it, but I didn't even know it went on now. So uh, my other half put it on in the background, and I, th- I must have watched about 10 seconds of it. Yeah. But no, I, I know people watch loads of games and stuff. They watch that West Ham game, they're watching the Champions League tonight, tomorrow, Thursday. I think everyone's different, really, about that. I think what you're trying to say is once we've lost on a Saturday, if there's a Championship game on in the pub or what have you, I can't be bothered. And right. I think the difference is when, you, when we're dead and, well, not dead and buried, but we're, we're out of it. You know, when we're chasing for a promotion, we're like, and they were a game yeah, I'll, I'll watch loads. I'll watch like loads, yeah. It. yeah. It's only because we're on the down and with football. Yeah. And it's like, you're asking a Sheffield Art fan in here, they're buzzing at the moment. They can, you know. well, I, 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 I have genuinely found different things, though. We've had that many kick-ins. I think we've just lost a bit of appetite for it. Do you think, do you think the players are similar? So we talked a bit about there, about kind of fans and, and kind of their, their reaction to what has been kind of a, a long time about a defeat. I'd be really interested to know the likes of Schindler and Hogg and how their mental we, well, well-being is. And... There's a lot of kind of time investment uh, resource now in kind of players' physical well-being and kind of physical care, and actually, it does kind of make me concerned that their kind of mental well-being is is not kind of given the same amount of. Phil time mentioned and on Pod last week about they've actually had psychologists in with players. Did you say two different ones? Yeah, sports psychologists. Yeah, yeah. yeah they've had two different sports I think that's commonplace, commonplace isn't it? Yeah, no, cricket. Damien Hughes is quite yeah, big, yeah. isn't it? If you ever cricket read anything, Damien Hughes is really good. Stuff, yeah, yeah. But the fact that that's now sort of a standard thing across the board is probably a step up from, you know, previous where they're all just, after a win or lose or draw, they're just going to have 10 yeah, points and, and then you know, play it day after kind I think of thing. you're right, though, Sam. I think, you know, we've lost on a Saturday, so people are walking off the pitch getting abused. <clears> might get tweeted getting abused. They might look at a paper or even look at the Twitter we mentioned I mentioned Jalen Brown last week or the week before getting abused and they're driving into Canal Side on Monday to train and would you be like buzzing on the back of I think it's a very serious point and I think that's why the Cal is obviously Danny went really big on his you know programme that's rolling it together you know we need that energy that he's really pleading with it but like Neil says I think it just the fans are just like so much at breaking point it's Honestly, can you just imagine winning a game? It just would be incredible. Can you imagine going West Brom on, on Sunday and winning the last minute? It'd be absolutely, it'd feel like no. Wembley again, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, I won't go that far, but it'd be it'd be no, it'd be yeah. more celebrate it'd be celebrated more than a regulation it win, would, definitely. It yeah. would be, wouldn't it? And that, that that's what drives me down there on the Sunday dinner time. It's just like, in case. 
Yeah, just that amazing yeah. moment where Grant's clean through and he puts it in. Yeah, the 90th yeah. minute we're going nuts. There's 500 town fans are going berserk. And it will happen. Yeah. It will happen. One Might day. not be West Brom, but it will happen. <laughs> One day. Well. Come on. <laughs> so, you've got your t-shirt back on. So we'll, we'll finish, uh, well, not so much finish, but we'll go to Twitter. out three or four here just just to see what you guys think um it, it goes quite a lot along transfers it seems to be transfers is the biggest driver really of what town fans like to chat about in a lot of a lot of ways so freddie cocker says the longer this season goes on the more it seems like a mistake for us not to cut our losses with some players in the summer and do a massive clear out regardless of what league we're in next season what players would you actually keep not sell and so would you sort of and and danny bell's come out with sort with the opposite of that, which is who would you get rid of in January, uh, providing that a move wasn't a problem? So, see, cut, cut our losses is a, is a bit of a broad statement, and it, you know, it's like fans are almost happy to get rid of him. We don't, you know, take, take a tenner for you. Don't really want to do cut price out. deals, do you? Really? No, it's and it showed with how they dealt with the billing deal. Mm. You know that they've they've held out, they've held out, they've held out. A player don't want to be here. Clearly, bad influence, but the club held out and got. In the end, a cracking fee for him, and that—that's it's a business at the end of the day. That's that's the right way to do it. You can't just cut your loss and say let let's get rid of floor for fifty quid and a bag of Aribo. You know, let's you know you've got you've got to hold out and get proper fees for these players because you've put a lot of money into these players and the club can't afford just to write four off. That's that's Danny's question though. Is providing money and everything's not a problem. Who would you who would you actually get rid of in January? Floor. <laughs> Mounier, Congolo don't want to be here, don't care what anybody says, yeah. don't want to be no, here, I'd let him go. <sighs> this is going to really hurt me, but I, I think there's I think there's a shout for... Don't you dare say it. I'm going to say it. Don't you I'm dare. I'm going to say it. I know what you're going to say. Everybody else is thinking it. Don't you I dare say Schindler. That, I think there comes a point <laughs> where players need different walls to progress and, and Tommy Smith's done it. Yeah. You know, that's not exactly, that worked out good, not exactly flying for him, but... I hope he does you know, do well, I, I hope he does. Not at our expense. Apart from October 1st. But, you know, like says Schindler and Og, do they need a new experience? Do they need a way from Huddersfield Town to progress? And, it's you know, f- football's a short-term business, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's very short-term on every level. The only people that are long-term within a football club are us. It's as simple as that. Chairman's change. Board's change. Staff change. Players most certainly change. But the only constant is us. So I, I think there's a shout. And I think there'll be, with January and the summer, I think you're talking mass clear out. I think there'll be a lot gone. I think it'll hit double figures in both windows. I'm going to be really boring with what I say before I come to you, Simon. I'm going to say I want to see how a lot of players, players react differently to different managers and different situations. So I'm, I'm quite interested to see how different players react to the Cowley brothers to see if they get a different tune out of a few of them to what maybe... Jan did and Mark Hudson was only there a few, yeah, there's a few some games. Sense in that. so I'd, I'd be quite happy to see how some of them do Schindler's one I, th- I think Schindler needs to be lifted by by a, a heffler next to him for example I, I, think, I think Schindler needs a spell out outside maybe he does just to, you know clear off and only for a couple of weeks get out of way just get away from the club the surroundings everything to do with it mm. needs an injury almost 
if you can oh, grow it to almost 10 years, it's just a soft tissue, just a soft tissue, gentle one, you say. But yeah, even a, even a red card and got a three game ban, you know. It's, mm. But it, it, it just needs a break from the constant failure because that's all it is. And you know, you've got good. legends. It'd be good if we won and he weren't playing, wouldn't he? As well. No. Well, you know what I mean. I won't. No, he would be. And I, I, he, he would be, yeah, but we just, you know, at the end of the day, we need a win and whatever that takes. And th- this squad, whoever stays and goes, this squad just needs one hell of a massive overall. We need two full-backs as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so if do. one of the right-backs is going to have to go, I'd, I'd flow for me. 100%, would, would go. yeah. Uh, we need a left-back as well. Flo don't want to be here. That's the difference. I don't think he does. I'd, I'd even say Bokhan as well. Yeah. If you know if he's not good enough to knock Flo out, then what's the point? But it, it may take a little while to acclimatise, which is what I'm clinging to. But we'll we'll see how that one progresses anyway. Uh, and we need a central midfielder as well. And if we need to get, I don't think we need to out anybody because we've lost Aaron Moy. So hopefully there's a there's room to replace him in in January. But yeah. uh, for me, I, I just I'm just happy. To, I'm hoping to see a different some different players to how they react to the process driven uh, calibre of the signing. There's, there's two more for me. I think kind of Stankovic is an interesting one. He's been at the club for I think three seasons now, and that knee injury's halted him, didn't it? It did, it yeah. did. But he's only yeah. ever been a bit part player, playing kind of the odd game here, the odd game. There. I think he played Needed a quite long, well at he? Um, kind of that defensive midfielder role for kind of one or two games. Um, the Stanker man, as we yeah. called him, yeah. <laughs> the Shield. But um, but then that kind of form more kind of that position is never played in again. Um, and, and he can only be content playing kind of that bit part role for so long. There comes a time in surely his career where he's got to go in search of first team football. And um, if that's not Huddersfield is... Town, then then I think for me that has to be elsewhere. He's so slow. That's the worry with Stankovic. He, he can he's so easily turned, and his balance is is so bad. Which I'm hoping is down to his knee. And he, he, you do as you get older, you, you do improve. You know, your strength and your speed does improve. But he needs to play games definitely. Whether that's alone or for us, we need to see that. And then the other one for me is kind of we spoke about it early because he's kind of Alex Pritchard. Um, so on one hand, uh, the optimistic hand, I think he could be the real shining light in, under the Cowley brothers, and, and hopefully yeah, he'll be the one to kind of he's someone I want to see kind of, how he reacts, yeah. kind of bring some creativity to the team, kind of find that space, find those pockets of space, play that killer pass. But, but on the flip side of that, if kind of we get towards the end of the season and, and he's not been able to replicate the form we saw at kind of Brentford and uh, Norwich prior to that, then. I think for me, it's kind of time to time to move him on as well and, and look for someone different in that kind of number 10 role. Um, what about you, Cozzy? You- I can't uh, not agree. Oh, let me get this right. I totally agree with what you guys said. I have nothing really to add, to be honest with you. That, what well, you said is right. Here's a tweet that I'm going to aim at you then. Um, so it's from Joe Turner. It's, well, it says Joe Turner at Joe Curra. Um, Anyone else supported the club for 40 years and been season ticket holder for most of that time, but things have got so bad recently that he doesn't really care anymore and doesn't really want to go to games. He feels guilty about that, but that's the honest truth and his apathy is taking hold. Are you feeling some of that as well? And what would you, you say to what? Joe? I'm going to be brutally honest. This sounds really bad. We've done it. We've been in the Premier League. We had that amazing season where everything went right for us and that as well. I think that's got a lot to do with my kind of I'm still going to the games and no one's even walking away I, I I just think maybe oh god you just don't know because obviously Burnley went down and come back up and stayed up for quite a bit but I think that's got a lot to do with it I I, I sucked it all in them amazing nights went, you know Stamford Bridge and what have you but I that, that I think that's got a lot to do with it I do think you just feel like you've completed football yeah I don't want to go down again I don't want to go down again but 
you know, I was chatting to Johnny at the press conference when we were there the other day, and so it wouldn't have been nice to be a president just flirting and be up there, you know, for a bit and that as well, you know, throwing a few punches, but... It'd get boring I, quickly, yeah, though, if you were I just really think that's it, Matt, though. I mean, obviously, I don't want to lose every week like we are doing now, but... You just want to see some direction, really, don't you, of the club? Yeah. You, you want to see progression definitely. and direction, I, I just think, you know, because Sheffield Wednesday fans, I was chatting to a few of them, a gas club before the game, it was, it was interesting because... You know, how do you see their club? They were thinking, we're no better than mid-table. Because I were thinking, well, yeah. we have a few additions. They could be pushing for the players. They do. Actually, I watch them. They've got one or two decent players, actually. Yeah, they there. have. Yeah. They have a lot. They've got a lot better players than I do us. like Adam Reach. Yeah. Barry Bannon's very good at this level. Yeah. He's not a Premier League player, but at this level, he's a good player. Lot, a lot of it's still around from when we played the other year, aren't they? Quite mm. an experienced bunch. But, yeah, I think that, for me, that is it. I'm walking away just thinking, it doesn't really hurt me anymore. And, you know, maybe there's other things in, kind of in life now than than maybe well football it was was before but but then I'm thinking give me a couple of wins and I'm buzzing again and that as yeah. well but the trouble is I'm go, you go to games and you're not I mean I I mentioned this on Sunday I've never seen the stadium as empty ever to be fair I, if we hadn't been in that box we'd have probably gone as well but 87 minutes I've never seen the ground were you there at the end yeah, it was incredible wasn't it what, how many were in there would you say Couple of hundred. 8,000, no. 7,000, yeah. probably less. It was incredible, wasn't it? It was just like, they, they walked away, there were no real kind of booze or anything. It was just, that. that's what that, you know, that tweet's all about. Apathy. It's just like yeah, South apathy. End, South End Dean Hoyle's moment, wasn't it? It was a what bit like mean? that again. Nobody really, yeah. nobody's really bothered. Two. One, one goal's bad enough for us to come back from, but two, yeah, the job's done, but... I was quite amused by the Sheffield Wednesday tweets yeah. trying to, like you say, banter us off. That's your thing. And then no one was like, everyone was like, yeah, we don't, not bothered, mate. <laughs> no one, yeah. no, hardly any bites. And that was. The, the, the I think the sad thing about the start of this season, we now played five games at home and lost all of them. We stopped scoring goals at home as well. Last Which few. is pretty, yeah, so, pretty no, grim. Is that so, three on bounce without a goal at home? I lost all three. If you include Lincoln, I yeah. think so, yeah. So big, Alan Allen Lee, 19, your favourite player from the past there, Neil. <laughs> Uh, it says we're in a terrible position at the moment and he says how serious is the threat of relegation after only seven games in so we refer back to your stats Simon don't we serious, isn't it? those with one point after seven games on average you need 47 to 51 to survive in this league so where can we pick up these points yeah Simon you mentioned it last time you were here 10 wins we need after West Brom, there's two well. games. What we have to win, one of two. And if we don't do that, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna call it me and say that we're we're in the. Just Matt, though, for, for players that are under pressure and playing with fear, you don't want to be getting right, lads. We have to win today. It's Even that Cardiff, you know it, Cardiff you know again you know at home last year. That yeah. that was the thing, wasn't it? That, you know, you know it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it is. The trouble is that I think like a couple of games ago, you mentioned it. Oh, there's all these games to go. Blah blah blah. But I just think Sunday was a bit of a. Maybe then some people who didn't think we were in a battle walk away thinking we are because new game we're at home Sheffield Wednesday okay mid-table this is it and we were well beaten and it's just kind of like I honestly think the realisation's kicked in for a lot of people since uh, Sunday a few people have tweeted and like Graham Rayner said have you seen any uh, are there any positives we can take and I suppose one of the positives I took which is also a negative to take a negative into a positive is that we didn't paper over any cracks for the Cowley brothers and the, the you know, we've given them a good idea of exactly where they are. And lads, this is it. This is what you're dealing with. You know, crack on. We didn't we didn't con them in by winning a game, drawing a game and then going back on a on a bad run. They know exactly what they're in now and hopefully they know exactly where to go on that one. So we'll uh move on. Yeah, I mean kind of um their programme not said it all the biggest challenge of their careers to date and it most certainly is that. Let's look forward to West Brom away, so Cosy, you're heading down to uh, Dudloy 
down yeah, that sort of area. Mr. Mark Inley's uh, love of little establishment in Solihull. We might as well stay there and we get it on Sky going. <laughs> We've had. What would you do for this game? Because we've had a, a few messages um, in. So Matt Durkin's one of them. He says, "Should we consider playing a diamond, considering how the wingers have performed this season?" And I think we and you, Neil, talked about this a couple of weeks ago, maybe. And if your wingers are that bad, don't play them. And I, I mentioned this to Stephen Chicken as well, and I think he stole my. They idea. are that bad. Um, it's a fact. <laughs> I, I would quite happily play like a four three one two and just shut you know and have Pritchard behind. I think Grant needs to play up front alongside somebody. Yeah. I don't mind the idea of him coming in from the left, but I don't think he's bright enough how to do it. Um, is there any chance of a goal? I'd play him up front. Get him as near goal as possible. Play him up front and I play Pritchard behind when he's fit and then three three midfielders behind. Someone like Lewis O'Brien on the left of the three who can funnel out wide and do Brown. that do that position. Uh, um, Reese Re- Brown Re- and Yeah, you've got to look at Hogg and you've got to think... No, for me, at a minute. Yeah, Sorry, he's, but he's not, he's not for me at a minute. No, he's not. I I, I think a, a diamond's a good idea, and I think... Ch- I don't know if I'd have Chalibre at the the point, at the very, you know, the bottom of the diamond, because I think his breaks from midfield are actually quite useful. You know, he's, he's pacey, he carries the ball quite well. Um, that's where you kind of look at goal as well, Chalibre, isn't he? Of all the midfielders we've got, we saw against... Um, it was Cardiff, obviously, where he put one in from the edge of the box, and I think he had a shot against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, which kind of clattered into a toe poked one against Reading, didn't he? Which was about an inch wide. <laughs> I was right behind that. It was just just wide. It was a great effort. The only, the only thing that makes me nervous about a diamond mat is then is the width. Um, the width. Mm. And does that then kind of require our full backs to kind of get forward a bit more and to put cross into the box? Backs, and when we've already spoke at length about kind of Hadis and I and his inability to kind of cross a cross a decent ball, um, does that then kind of uh, just kind of highlight our kind of highlight our um, deficiencies even more and I'm also nervous then if kind of Hadda Janai is pushing further forward or whoever the right might be, be that then pulls the right centre half across and, and kind of leaves that space we spoke about already so um, well, you would um, hope that you, you know the bottom of the diamond would fill in wouldn't you and then push the full back but if that's Elphick then you're struggling aren't you so struggling for pace there so this uh, is I'm not I necessarily mean. against it um, mm. I do think we need to try something different we this is what of, I mean though with, with regards to the balance of the squad the balance is just all over the place We've got. We haven't got one winger that can cross a ball. We haven't got a set piece taker. We haven't got a, a creative midfielder. Apart from Reese Brown, a, a, a midfielder who gets on the ball and passes and looks to move and dictate game. We're so unbalanced at the minute that you, you, we're plucking formations and systems out of the air because we've got no idea which system to play, and that's the worry. And that's only really positive for putting Bakuna back into the team as I see is that set piece delivery that he brings to the team. So if you're wanting someone to kind of fill that void, he could do that, but. You could throw a Pritchard. No, I think Pritchard would probably be my set piece taker. I know he's not it's not brilliant. He's not exactly Gary Roberts, but he's not bad. Either. I won't have Bakuna anywhere near it at the minute. Cosy, this is this is one for you really. Uh, do you think the crowd so this is from Sam at he shoots Coca Cola, don't ask. Do you think crowd is being negatively affected by the sky fixture changes? And he says, I know we're getting collectively numb to these defeats, but he feels the atmosphere is particularly flat because it's 12 on a Sunday. And again, this is a 12 o'clock on a Sunday. We're going to have less fans going. Do you think, not to act all Billy Big Balls, etc., like, you know, those down the road and Aston Villa, etc., but do you think the amount of games we've had on Sky is kind of affecting the, the, the mood of the crowd? I don't think it is. I mean, yeah, obviously 12 o'clock kickoffs notoriously <clears throat> not as good atmosphere as 3 o'clock or 5.30 or whatever, but... Again, it's, we've mentioned it before, it's just that first goal. If we get that first goal, things are different in the ground. You know, the, the cow shed loyal are noisier, the, the, you know, the clappers are, are clapping around the other stands and uh, everything's up. You know, I thought there was a really good atmosphere until they scored. <laughs> and then, yeah, boom. 
just on, on Sky, one thing that kind of amused me this week, and Cosy, I think you retweeted it, was um, um, so Matt Barber 97 tweeted, we've had eight matches so far this season and already managed to lose on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Thankfully, we haven't played <laughs> actually played anyone on a Thursday yet. Yeah. And that kind of... Um, and quite, shamelessly quite stole amazing. it and used it as a song. <laughs> but yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, my, my take on that would be... Um, I would much rather be back at three o'clock on a Saturday. It's kind of for me. It's kind of what I've grown up with, kind of watching football and kind of routines. And naturally, quite a boring person. I quite like my routine, if I'm being honest. And yeah, it kind of felt kind of the ground took a long time to fill up on on uh, on Sunday. Actually, kind of five to twelve. There weren't many people in the seats. And um, look, kind of uh, does it um, does it justify our performances? Does it justify results? Definitely not. Is it an excuse? To an extent, perhaps, but as a as a fan, would I much rather be kind of playing at three o'clock on a Saturday? Most definitely. When when you've scored after nine minutes, you're boxing it out. You in the stands. I mean, yeah, we should be singing back, but we've lost all them games. Why is it fifty odd games? And I'm afraid I think that's the answer to the question. I think it's more more how we're doing than the the kick off time. To be honest. Okay, I think we'll end it there. So. I'd just like to say on behalf of all of us, thank you very much to Andy K of AKLD for sponsoring the last four, four episodes. Uh, that's that's great of Andy to do so. Really appreciate uh, being one of the first, first people to step up and, and offer that, which is which is great. Um, thank you very much for your interaction from Twitter and, and social media. Thank you very much to the reaction to the Phil Hodgkinson one and subscribing and sharing. And hopefully uh, these these podcasts aren't too... And to affecting your mental health either because they are pretty much downbeat as well. So thank you very much for listening and uh, hopefully we'll have a better one in the coming weeks. Thank you. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Pate's got a chance, Pate scores! Jack Pate scores! Heffel is in there! Schmidt scores for Field Town! 3-2 Town! Boris Jerry, Danny Ward saves! Danny Ward saves! The is in, round to Heia! 2-0 Huddersfield Town! Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there 
it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.